Welcome to Equipus Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Have you ever, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, you know the old elevator syndrome? Get into an elevator and everyone shuts up. Now you, you know, yeah, now you're on. You know, I'm like, why? Why? I'm like, I'm like, hey, how you doing? I don't know. I think sometimes the old elevator syndrome hits the church. And, uh, you know, in those moments where to give praise, we're like, just, oh, I don't know, unsure what to do. And here's the thing is, this is the safest place. I don't know, anyone seen the movie Italian Job? Yeah. When they figure out how much money, how much gold is in the safe, the guy's adding it up on the travel later where the baggage comes out. Anyone, everyone with me? Anyway, basically he just says, um, he's, he's like, Hallelujah! I got the Holy Spirit. It's like it's also like thirty-eight million dollars in gold or something like that. But there's just nothing like praising Jesus because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, right? And where there's freedom, oh, I just lift up, just praise to Jesus tonight. If you want to clap, clap. If you want to praise, praise. If you want to shout, shout. But let's all together tonight, before we get into it, just let's let's praise Jesus one more time. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of praise. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, all that you're doing, all that you're going to do. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Then like a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Well, if you lift your hands, if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. Father, tonight, we pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come and move in our lives. I know, Lord, that you're going to move. I know, Lord, you've got something on your heart for us. I really believe people are going to get set free. I believe, Lord, there's going to be joy. I believe, Lord, there's going to be freedom. Lord, I just declare this is holy ground. We declare this is holy ground. Holy Spirit, come and fill this room. Fill the temple with your glory. Lord, as we open up our hearts, fill our hearts with you tonight. Holy Spirit, come and move. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Grab yourselves a seat. Get ready. This is a highly skilled. Sam, like four things on there. So far, there's still four, almost three, almost four. No, well done. Thank you so much. Give our amazing hosting team. Nice. Very good, very good. Thank you, worship team. Always a, a good time, great time. Great job, Alice. Service leading tonight. All good. Hey, um, welcome to church tonight. It's great to have you here. I've been away for a couple of weeks. And um, it's nice to be home. Uh, it's been a real honor and privilege to be away. I've been in um, the um, mighty Timaru and uh, just what's going on up there. We're starting to be a little bit more involved there. And also been in Nelson where I'm involved in the Nelson Church. And so it was great to be able to go and support Pastor Catherine and everything here. But I'm glad I am home now. I've missed everyone. But if, you've been new, if you're new in the last couple of weeks, make sure you come say hi. I'd love to meet you after the service. And uh, even if I haven't seen hello to you for a little while, even just come and say hi as well. It'd be great to, great to say hi again. And just touch base. Um, there's a couple of, one, one thing also coming up near the end of the year is our India missions trip. And uh, we've already, we've got, we've got seven, six and a half 
definite, uh, almost, but I'm, I'm really believing that we're going to get to 12. And uh, with the India missions trip, it is a little bit of cost, it's a little bit of money, but you will not come away disappointed and feeling like you've wasted your money. When you go over to India, God does something in you, but also we're blessed to be a blessing to the community over there and connecting with Pastor Banu and Dina and just seeing what God is doing in and through the establishments that we've got going there. We're also launching another church up north in Senegal. And so just amazing things are going on. And so I would encourage you, come along to the missions trip. If you want to know more about it, come and talk to me after the service as well, and we'll tell you some more. Cool? Awesome. Hey, we're in this amazing series. I really like the graphics because it's just pretty. It's colorful. Anyone else like the graphics? Okay, just a few. But it's called Gifted and Graced. Who believes they're gifted and graced? Everyone should have your hand up. Amen. There's some things we're gifted in, eh, Jason? And there's some things we're not gifted in. Uh, Just a friend talking to a friend. I don't know what you're jumping to conclusions with. Um, Jason's a good friend of mine, and and we have a bit of banter every now and then. He's our executive pastor, if you're visiting here. And so, um, yeah, we have a lot of fun. But here... Tonight, I want to talk about gifted and grace, and there's a, there's a cornerstone scriptures that we've been using out of Romans and 1 Corinthians. I did tell the team I wasn't going to read them out again, but I'm just going to read out the Romans one. And I shared this this morning, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, then teach them well. If, you're a, if your gift is encouragement, uh, encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If, it's good, if God has given you leadership abilities, then take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, um, here's the thing is, sometimes we're always looking for labels. The gifts and the graces on your life might not be written down in that passage, but it doesn't mean you're not gifted or you're not graced. What's on your heart? What do you love doing? What, what inspires you? What's, what's fun for you? Because God wants to, God knows the desires of our heart and He wants to work with us. And I really believe that we've got to understand that we're graced. I shared this morning that we're graced in, we're in. We're gifted and graced in His grace, in God's grace. I don't know about you, but for me, that can sometimes be quite overwhelming. Knowing that the Creator of the world, the Savior of the world, has gifted and graced you. He's gifted and graced me. And, 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 and we have then a responsibility to use that gift. That passage is very clear. If your gift is this, then do it. If your gift is this, then do it. But here's the thing is, and this is where I want to get to tonight. Sometimes we know we're gifted. Sometimes we know we're graced in God. But have you ever come to a point where stuff gets into our life? Disappointment. Discouragement. Maybe someone's mocked you about something that you really love doing. And you've, and you've got that hurt in your, in your heart. Uh, And I want us to go there tonight and go, you know what? God wants to redeem you. God wants to stir that gift up out of your life again. God wants to breathe on us tonight. 
And there's a passage in Scripture where I love, I, love, I love the story of Moses. Anyone else like Moses? I like Moses. I really relate to the story of Moses because um, I, I, I'm good at coming up with excuses. Anyone else? I, I, it, my, it runs in my family. No one else got that. My, uh, we've got two. Anyway, move on. Move on real quick. Move on real quick. But Moses came up with a whole lot of excuses. And let's read out of Exodus chapter 3. As one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Uh, this, is, this is an amazing passage, and we've got we've to understand a little bit of the context of of what Moses is going through right now. You, you know, his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they, he, he would have heard the stories. He would have heard the story of when God called to Abraham, when, when God called Abraham's name twice, Abraham, Abraham. And he got Abraham's attention and he, and he, and he stirred up and he, and he, and he um, told Abraham the covenant that, that he would have with him. You're going to be the father. Uh, the, you, you know, your inheritance will be as um, all the sand on the seashore, the stars in the sky, and, and all the stories of, of God doing amazing things. And we've got to understand also that the, this was the first time that God really truly revealed himself to the people of Israel when he spoke to Abraham. I don't know about you, but have you ever told stories? Have you ever handed down I mean, I tell my boys all the time that we've got a great uncle who, in the Second World War, who, who, who was a pilot. He flew a plane, and the plane got into trouble, and, and the plane was going to crash land into a school, but instead he chose to fly the plane and, and crash land it past the school so it didn't kill any children. And in the process of that, he, he gave up his own life, and, and he died during that crash. I, I tell the story to pass it on how much of a hero he was. Moses would have been knowing these stories of, of God revealing himself to Abraham. Abraham, there was a moment when his name was called out. And now in the same, same type of moment, Moses' name gets called out. Moses, Moses. And there's this moment where God just says, Hey, Moses, take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. See, the first thing we've got to understand when we're gifted in grace is God's got your name. The Bible says that if you're a believer in Christ, that your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. Now, I haven't got time to go into that tonight, but He knows you. The Bible says in, in Psalm 139 that he, he formed you. He knew you before you were even born. Well, your, your name might not get called out twice, but it doesn't need to be. He knows your name. He knows exactly who you are. He knows what He's placed on your life. He knows what He's called you to be and he's called you to do. 
And so even just right now in these moments, and I don't know, I'm not going to say everyone's name twice, but I really believe and I've been praying that this is going to be holy ground tonight. So going back to that moment that you knew of God's love and knew of God's grace, when he called you by name, for me it was 14. Many of you know the story. First Christian in my family. Didn't quite get, I fell away from God. I always loved him, but I recommitted my life when I was 17 and started getting serious and just wanting to serve God and follow God ever since. There was a holy ground moment. But man, has, has there been times where, where God's asked me to do things and you're like, what? And the same is the story of Moses. Moses goes on and he says, I mean, so God goes on and says, I am the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. It goes on and verse, uh, go dropping down to verse 10, it says this. Now, he's seen the oppression of the people and, he, and, he's, and he's saying to Moses, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel, out of, oh, sorry, out of Egypt into the promised land. Now, let's just back up a little bit. Moses' whole history, Moses' whole um, his identity is wrapped up in Egypt. In fact, if you re- go back and you read through some of the situations, some of the scenario that Moses has had to go through, the first thing is he's, he's been, he was rejected. He, he could have had to deal with rejection because there was a pharaoh who, didn't want, who, who wanted to squash the children of Israel, so he put them in place to the midwives. Any male-born Israelite would have to be killed. And so Moses was hidden by his mom and in the reeds, and we know this through Sunday school and all the stories, and Moses was floated down the Nile, and you know that could be a place of rejection. It could, could be a place where you felt like you were disowned. Moses had to go through something like that, but then Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and then suggested that it'd be a good idea to give him back to a Pharaoh um, lady to nurse him and praise God. Actually, Moses was given back to his mum. Then after he was weaned, went, went into, the, into the Pharaoh's courtyards and, and lived a life and grew up as, a, as an Egyptian, and God's telling him to go back. But he's even saying, look, look a little bit more about Moses' story. He, he, he lived in a place where he just knew he didn't fit. In fact, he, he, he looked out one day and he saw an Egyptian um, giving his people, giving the children of Israel a hard time, and so he just decided to kill him. Now, that's not a great idea. He just decided, oh, this is, no, he, obviously Moses was a little passionate about life or hot-headed, I'm not sure. And, and so now he's running away, and he runs into, 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 the, into the desert, and that's where he meets here, and this is where he's even furthest away, and God calls his name. You know, sometimes we feel the furthest away from God. But tonight could be a moment where he just calls your name. Moses, again, maybe he's had to go through a longing to belong to people. Even he got criticized by the own Hebrews. He said, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill us as well when they weren't being nice to each other? Criticism. A whole lot of things that we've had to, had to deal with. And maybe he would have had to deal with fear. He would have had to deal with being afraid. God's calling them, I want you to go back to Egypt. 
Go back to where you ran away from. Go back to where, where it all began. And Why? Because he, he put Moses there for a reason. He put a gift and a grace on Moses' life to free the people out of Egypt. You know, there was even death threats. Pharaoh was after him for killing one of the Egyptians. He had to face this. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we're gifted in grace, we, we go through a whole lot of stuff in life, and it, and it, and it makes us shrink back a little bit. I, I, I know in my, in my own life, and, and I, I look at the story of Moses and going through school, and many know people know this because I'm pretty open about it now, but with dyslexia and learning and all that, that's, it was a challenge. I, I got report cards, for, and I got straight E's. It was amazing. Would have, I'd be so proud of my report card now because E is for excellence. Back there, it wasn't. It was definitely a scale, A, B, C, D, E. Praise the Lord, it stopped at E. I don't know what I would have got. And I had to deal with a whole lot of insecurity in my life and a whole lot of pain. And then, and then God says to me and Desiree, we want you to go and lead a church. And, and then our leaders say, and by the way, go and do Bible college. I was like, college, 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 college. It's like, every part of me was like, no, I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to go and face that fear. No, that's, that's a little bit of my story, but I pray tonight you're not shrinking back from things, but I'd say probably, honestly, sometimes we do. We shrink back and we don't want to face some of the fears, some of the hard things or some of the moments that we've gone through. See, when, when God's called you, he goes, Now, for go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people of Israel out of Egypt. Verse 11, But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before the Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Israel, out of, uh, 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 people of Israel out of Egypt? You know, the first thing tonight that I really believe that God wants to deal with is well, you've got to know that you're standing on holy ground. The first thing that he wants to deal with is insecurities. Who am I? It's a real thing. Who am I to be that? Who am I to do that? Well, you know, especially in New Zealand, so many people just shrink back and, and we pay out people for doing well. And, but we really have to go against the spirit and we've got to push and say, you know what, God, I am who. It's a little bit of reverse psychology. It's not who am I, it's, it's I am who God has called. You know, maybe you've not even be, you've not, you haven't even been able to say that before. But I'm praying by the end of tonight, you can be confident and you can say that I am who God has called. Oh, I share this all the time. I love um, seeing people step into, into just roles and leading. You know, I, I, I love watching people go through the worship team. And, you know, start off with, the, oh, yeah, do a little singing here. And then sneakily, sneakily, we get them to lead one song. And sneakily, sneakily, we get them to lead a second song. And then we're like, oh, you might as well do the whole set next week. So, Joe, watch out. All right. <laughs> you were on this morning. But, like, I love watching, like, no, who, who, oh, I couldn't worship lead. We've seen amazing people. Step into leadership. 
We've seen amazing people step into ministry, step into the call of God. You know, people, and not just worship leading, but leading a ministry like young adults or kids or any ministry. Who am I? You know, you're God. You're who God has called. So let's break down insecurities tonight. God answers straight away. He goes, I will be with you. And he gives him a sign. And, and, but, but again in verse 13, but Moses protested again. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say that to the people of Israel. See, the second thing, if, if you want to get rid of excuses, just, you've got to know who God is. When, when Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he, he, says to the, he says to them, who do men say that I am? And some people answer back, oh, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. But Jesus says, no, no, who do you say that I am? See, out of our conviction of who Jesus is in our life, that's the foundation and the rock that we stand on in our own and pushing back security. Who's Jesus to you tonight? Who is he? Is he your Lord and Savior? Is he, a, is he something that's connected to church and, and church life? Is he a religious figure? Is he someone that you relate to Easter with or Christmas? I, I pray tonight that you know who God is in your life. I pray that he is center of your life, that he is your Lord and your Savior, and that he, that's him. Because when we know who Jesus is, we can stand on and we can push, push back the devil. Many times you're going to go through challenges. Many times you're going to go through different temptations that the devil's going to try and knock you over. But when you can say, God, this is who you are to me, you can push back insecurities. You can push back and you won't have to protest about who you are. Goes on, verse 4 of chapter 4 of Exodus is, but Moses protested again. Now I'm okay. You know, in my household, and I need to be more like God. I know I'm, growing, I'm trying to be more like God. But, you know, there's not many chances where my kids protest at least two times. I'm like, there's no way. Just go and do it. Three times, I'm getting angry. Four times, you dead. Right? Here's the thing. Moses gets to six times. Six times, Moses is protesting to God. But that's the reality, though, isn't it? Sometimes we get to six times. Sometimes we get to seven. Sometimes we get to eight. Sometimes we get to nine. Like sometimes we, we've protested so many times, we don't even know how many times we've protested. And I want to tell you, that's just not God. I, 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 I love it in, in the... Um, where was it? In Romans. It's in His grace God has given you. And, and, and we've got to understand that if God's asked you or called you to do something, He's given you the ability to do it as well. But through fear, through failure, through different scenarios, situations in our life, we hold back from God. I want to, I'm praying tonight that we can just go, you know what, God? We can stand on holy ground. We can have a moment in God again where we can push back fear. We can push back failure. 
Man, going, to, going back to Bible college, I was so nervous. So nervous. I praise God that he gave me an amazing, intelligent wife and she did all my assignments for me. <laughs> Sorry, she proofread all my assignments. And, uh, and, and I trusted God in that. And, you know, some of you may have heard this, but, you know, the way that we had to hand in assignments was all electronic. And I, I submitted my first assignment, shaking. And I was really nervous about it. And at, at, at school, at the college, it was like you didn't want to get a resubmission. The resubmission was like you didn't, the paper, your answers didn't, uh, didn't answer all the questions, basically. And, and as soon as you got a resubmitted submission, you automatically lost 10%. And so I'm like, I want every single percent I can get. And I put my assignment in, and you know, every day I'd check. Check it came back. Three days later, it came back, a resubmit. You know, a whole lot of fear went through me. It was all those, all those amazing report cards. You're an idiot. I don't think Will's ever going to admit to much. whole lot of fear. And I opened up this assignment, and I needed to figure out what I needed to resubmit. And they said, please put your name on it and resubmit it. So I put my name on it, resubmitted it. Lost 10% because I didn't put my name on it. But I still got 78%. Uh, I share that tonight. It's like, I don't want to ever go back to school again. Like, I mean, I've toyed and I thought it was humorous. I was like, maybe I should do a theology degree at Otago. No. Uh, other people can do that. I'm like, that's not me. But, it, but God took me through those moments. Because if I couldn't deal with learning, if I couldn't deal with that, I'd never step into the bigger things that God has called me into. Tonight, don't live in fear. Don't live and how Moses, he's like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? But God, but God, but God. Now, there's amazing gifts in this room. There's amazing people in this room. God's anointed and called every single person. And I really believe, come on, we've got to push back rejection, push back that you don't belong, push back um, that, that you've got a, a history. You know, Moses had a history of murder. Okay, oh, honest, history of stealing a car. I was just turned 16. I was hanging out with some bad, some, not bad, not making good choices. <laughs> Parenting tip 101. All right. Funny thing is, the person who owned the car is now one of my best mates. I did not know him beforehand. But when I was 16, made some dumb choices. Now, I could be going, oh, my gosh, I've got a criminal record. I, I, could, I could, no, that's not, you know. You might feel like you've done things that you can't come back from. That's wrong. You can come back from anything. It just takes a place where you can stand on holy ground. A place of humility leads you to, to holy ground. A place of just redemption leads you to holy ground. See, we, all of that stuff creates filters. We start looking through situations. You ever, anyone ever been hurt, disappointed, backstabbed, offended? <laughs> yeah. And guess what? You'll start looking through all of those filters. 
And you start, you just start Homer Simpson it back into the hedge. And you're like, oh. And you just watch everyone else. Oh, man, they're amazing. Look at what they're doing. God's anointed and called you as well. God's anointed and called you as well. I, I, I just really believe God wants to push back fear. Just even prophetically, there's, there's people in this room you've been mocked. And, and it went in deep. And you love doing something and you got mocked and you're like, man, I love that. I don't know what it is and I don't know who it is, but I just really believe, you know, tonight, holy ground. See, with the holy ground, what happened is just an angel of the Lord turned up and there was a moment that got Moses' attention and so Moses came and looked. You know, the first, uh, one of our first responses tonight is just saying, God, I just want to come and look again. I just want to come and stand on holy ground. I just want to be at your feet. Worship team, if you guys can jump up, that'd be cool. See, in, in, um, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter's writing this letter and it says, This letter is from Peter. An apostle of Jesus Christ, I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of those places. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. You're gifted. He's graced you. But just, just rewind for a second and make that personal. I love Peter. Peter's the passionate guy. Sort of speaks before he thinks. That's okay. He'd never walked on water if he thought about it. But he's saying this to people. He's personalizing it as a, as a start of his letter here. Hey, God knew, God knows you. He knew you. And he chose you. Come on, he knows you. And he's chosen you. You're gifted. You're graced. And his spirit has made you holy. Moses had to go through the same thing. Moses had to have a place of humility and know that as God's Spirit made him holy. You know, in life, it's just simply asking Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, and His Spirit makes us holy. It goes on a little bit further down in verse 13, it says this. So prepare your minds for action. Come on, tonight, could we prepare our minds for action? Because sometimes a lot of the devil's prepared our minds for no action. He's prepared our minds and he's put a whole lot of fear and intimidation or mockery or disappointment or hurt or offense or pain. And, and you're looking at your call of God on your life, the grace of God on your life, the gifts of God on your life through all these filters and it's distorted. 
It's like a real ugly kaleidoscope. Just like looking through it and that's just not what God's called you to be. He wants to turn it around and, and He wants to show you again tonight on holy ground that He's called you. He's anointed you. You might think, oh man, I couldn't do that. Moses didn't think he could do it either. But that's why I like what, what the Lord said to him. He says, know this, I will be with you. I will be with you. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil's taken away. Come on, could you turn to God tonight and let the veil be taken away? Let the veil of disappointment, let that veil of, or whatever filter that you're looking through right now going, who, me? No way. I couldn't do that. But God's calling you to do it. He's anointed you to do it. Maybe we just need to let God take the, remove the veil. But that happens on holy ground. Verse 17, For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had their veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. See, see you don't have to be perfect to step out in faith. You don't have to be perfect to step out into the call of God. Trust me, I know. Trust me, my wife knows. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Trust me, my children know. But we can still step out and say, okay, God, I want to be used by you. And so tonight, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I really believe tonight in these next moments as we sing this song, Holy Ground, we can stand on holy ground and just let the Lord remove the veil from our eyes. Let Him him remove those filters from our eyes. Let Him remove those things that have been holding us back. And and like, I don't watch a lot of The Simpsons at all. I don't watch any of The Simpsons. But I just felt it's like the, uh, this is relating to someone tonight as as the Homer Simpson coming back out of the hedge again. It's like, no, okay, God, you've called me. You have anointed me, won't we? Stand to our feet in this moment. and Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, let Him call your name again. Moses, Moses, take off your sandals because this is holy ground. Now you don't need to take off your sandals. But we've got to believe that this is holy ground. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And as we sing this song tonight, you might want to come forward. And I'm going, might, because I'm going to leave it up to you. Because God might be saying, I want you to go forward, but it's going to be a wrestle. It's going to be, it was like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. What is everyone going to think of me? Take the fear of filter off, the filter of fear off. Do what you want to do. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Denise. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.